Hey everyone, this is Nandi with the Codename Sister Podcast. Today I've got here in the virtual studio, Sister Freya from out of, where are you coming out of today, Sister Freya? Dallas, Texas. All right. She's coming out of Dallas, Texas for you people who know it as the DFW area, but she's actually in Dallas and that is not near Houston because every time I'm asked that question, how close is that to Houston is not that close. Okay. It's in Texas, but it's not that close. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with me today, Sister Freya. When I've seen some of the things that you've done over the years, the evolution of who you are, and, and I see it as a young sister getting it. And when I say young, anybody under 50. <laughs> Leave me alone with my 50. But this, when, I, when I see so much of the evolvement uh, that has come from your camp in the last few years, every time I, you are a reason why I go to uh, Facebook. People like you are the reason why I continue to go to Facebook because there's always something of interest there is always that growth process that's taking place. I remember back in the day when you served as a doula for my oldest daughter when she was giving birth. And even then you were trying, you were doing what it took to give women their choice to help them see what their choices were. And that's a really important thing when we've got women out there empowering women you know, who are willing to take that torch and, and run with it. So I want, what I would like to hear today from you is a little bit about that journey. And I, you know, I want to hear that perspective also, because right now you're single mothering, correct? It's just you and that's correct. You, you and your daughter. My so, daughter. So yes. I, 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 I want to hear from you some of the barriers that you have overcome in not only parenting her in a healthy environment, but also being that beacon, like I said, for other young women who are coming behind you. Okay, so where do I start? <laughs> well, you, can, you can start at the beginning or anywhere in the middle. You can just start any, you can start at the point where you faced one of your biggest obstacles, and I'm sure becoming a single mother was one of those. I mean, I mean, because as someone who has been there and is there at this point, I know that that's not always the easiest task. So how do you basically balance the two of being that beacon of hope and also going through what you go through as a single mother? Because I know that every day is not gravy. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I try to explain that to people who are uh, women who are battling fertility issues, or maybe they just aren't in a relationship yet. And they're like, it doesn't matter. I'll just have a baby any type of way. I mean, I think that we as single parents, we don't broadcast the times when you're like <laughs> depressed because you don't exactly know how you're going to pay your bills. I mean, we don't broadcast all of the negative. We just you know, talk about the positive, just because we're only sharing the positive things. And um, we don't share those things, but they're, they're very real. So I always try to be very candid with women, like, trust me, like, this is not the way you want to go. We love our children, their blessings. But by gosh, if you can have a healthy partner by your side, choose that, if you can do that. <laughs> so, um, 
So where, what would I say as far as the evolution? I mean, I think when you and I got connected, I was really trying to figure out a lot of things as far as, I mean, I, I guess I had some, some concepts about relationships, about parenting, about entrepreneurship, about community building, about wealth creation and legacy building that I needed time to implement. <laughs> I needed, you know, those theories needed to be put into practice. And, um, and I remember saying many, many years ago, I'm trying to crack the code. I'm trying to crack the code. I'm trying to figure this out. Like, and when I do, I will share because I don't really know. I know what I think I need to know, but I know that there's some things that I don't have yet and I'm on a journey to figure them out. And as soon as I do, I will share what I know as I learn it. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, where, you know, kind of where I'm at right now. And as far as becoming a single parent, um, one I can say, I didn't necessarily have all the answers of what, how to do things, but I experienced enough dysfunction, abuse, and neglect as a child to know what I did not want to do. And I'm very honest and candid about the harshness that Black children face in the world. And I don't beat around the bush about that. And because of that sobering understanding of the world, it has informed the way I parent my child. And it informs what I, what environments I cultivate for her. And even if to protect her from her own dad, I'm willing to do it because I don't, my, that's, my objective is not to be liked by adults. Mm -hmm and accepted by adults. My objective is to get my child into adulthood with the skills that she needs to thrive. And I, I'm willing to, to do anything for that, including piss off adults. I exactly. care. I like that. I like that. I, and you know, that to me tells me that you have actually put a lot of thought into it because sometimes I hear, especially from a lot of women, it's that reluctance to go out and do, even if it means that there are going to be people who are going to be in disagreement with you on that. Uh, you know, it's standing firm in your convictions, regardless, weathering it and, and seeing it through, even when it comes to uh, the plans that you put in motion, as far as what you knew you wanted to get off the ground so that you don't live this with some people. And I hate to even use the term, but the struggle life, you know, because I think that sometimes people think that once they have children or whatever, that, oh, if I do this, this is, you know, this is seen as selfish. Because it's like, it's like really, it's like you're between a rock and a hard place. Because there are people who are like, well, as a mother, you need to be giving all this time to your children, dedicating this time. And then as black women, when we, when we, when we give the time, but the children are missing certain elements, then people rag on us about it. And then vice versa, if we go out into the world and we pave a way for our children, we still receive backlash. So what do you see that even being like 
for sisters? What would you tell them, those who are facing that either or, whether they're at home taking care of their children and they don't have every single thing they need, or if they're out there in the world so their children get the things that they need, but people feel like they're not spending a time, you know, enough time at home. What would you say to young sisters who are caught in that conundrum? What I would say to sisters in that situation is that put everything aside and just kind of sit down and think about what are your priorities? What are your priorities? Because I have seen many a people, you know, in situations where they've bought maybe more house that is really legitimately comfortable and they've purchased cars that are quite un unnecessary mm -hmm. and are struggling and if you let them tell it oh my god I'm really struggling I have to work the extra hours I have to do this I have to do that and you have to be like is that really true is that really true mm -hmm. um if, and I always tell people like if you want to get a luxury vehicle if that car needs five six seven thousand dollars worth of work you should be able to pay it easily 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 and if that's gonna hurt you might want to think about scaling back to something you know something more affordable for now mm -hmm. so that you're not dreading having to maintain this luxury vehicle luxury house or luxury apartment or everything that you have and i'm not saying that we don't have real true honest poverty in our community because we do but also we have a self-imposed struggle as well and i think that that's the sweet spot that can really be um addressed is that that felt like that just mismanagement of resources that a lot of times if we really rethink our priorities and what we're trying to do it really helps i have seen black women a lot of times because of the way we've been reared you know you have to work 10 times harder than your counterpart in order to get anywhere and i really challenge that because i have found that that's actually not true it's actually not true. You really just need to be more yourself than anybody can be and be super authentic to who you are and the creativity uh, that you bring to any table that you sit at, whether that's at a boardroom or your own business or if you're a call center. If you're just really authentic, oftentimes that's quite enough to justify raises and more money and everything else. So is that idea serving us it's really killing us i've seen so many black women not sit down until they're sick until they literally are on the verge of having a stroke or a diabetic episode or whatever the case may be so if the priority is to be there for your children you're the greatest asset to the to the family household so then obviously your spiritual physical and mental well-being is the key if you are depressed how can you parent exactly. how can you parent riddled with anxiety how can you parent on little sleep or in a toxic work environment or feeling chronically like you're not enough so investing in yourself like to relate it to pregnancy and breastfeeding your children vicariously feed off of your energy mm -hmm. i mean and, and it doesn't stop I mean, 
and I guess you have grown children, mm -hmm. so you could <laughs> you exactly. could tell the younger sisters it doesn't stop, it right? Doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. <laughs> they still keep coming and feeding. Yep. On you. <laughs> More milk <than> producing. <laughs> so, so feed your so so nourish yourself. You have to create a space of having an overflow, and there's so many of us who that's remained so elusive. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes they don't even know what it takes. Well, they don't even know how to fill up their cup. They even know what they need. They haven't even sat down and stopped for five minutes to be like, what do I need right now? What do I need? Do you think it's that not noble? It's not noble. And I always stop when they're like, I'll do anything. I'll sacrifice this for my kid and I'll sacrifice that. That's not, it's not cute, sis. Nobody wants a depleted, bitter, harsh mother who wants that and no one no mother no child wants a mother that constantly reminds them that i'm dying because of you i'm sick because of you i'm overworked because of you i got three jobs because of you that's not a way to raise a child where do you think women and when i say women i'm talking i'm, I'm really speaking to black women because this is something that is prevalent in our community where we see so many of our uh, of our sisters who are under the assumption that they must empty themselves. And then when we even compare them to like siblings, like their male siblings, we don't see that from the males who came up in the same household. We see it, we see it from the from the young women. Where what do you think, where do you think that stems from? I think a lot of it stems from women modeling their mothers. And so if their mother is a work, you know, workaholic and constantly on the go, doesn't take time to really care for herself. And I'm not talking about the cosmetic stuff because we'd be looking good and be sick as hell. Yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm really talking about really, really, yeah, really taking care of herself. And so we model it. And then uh, a lot of times mothers, it, it's a lot of different dysfunction dysfunctions that can happen with the sons, but sometimes they have inappropriate relationships with the sons, um, confiding in the son about stuff he don't have no business knowing about, um, or just simply not trusting him, thinking that all men are blundering, uh, mistake-prone individuals, and so, you know, not kind of giving him little opportunities to kind of fall on his ass and learn from those and kind of like encouraging him, like, get up, son, and keep going, you're going to figure it out, but, not, but they'll kind of jump in and save the day constantly, which hurts his self-esteem, so the more she steps up and resolves, resolves, and gets all in his business, the more he falls back, falls back, and loses his confidence as a, a, a you know, a, a young man growing into his manhood, and so the dysfunctional pattern is set, so he's kind of out looking for a woman to fill that role, and he just kind of thinks like that's what a woman is supposed to do, and so you know, that leaves us um, in a, situ a situation where we're in now where we have a whole generation of um, young men who don't have the skills to, um, they don't have many skills. <laughs> yeah. you know, I see you, 
<laughs> I see you out there throwing out, you know, because I consider Facebook a place for sound bites. There are people who share and regurgitate the information that everyone else has. And then there are people who put authentic, authentic content out there of their own. I see you a lot of times putting that authentic content out, out there where you're throwing out clues and giving us, you know, making some suggestions and sharing insight as far as the encounters that you've had, you know, the, the revelations you've had as far as relating to some of the males. And when I say males, I'm not speaking of men because a lot of times we don't have a whole lot of complaints about men themselves as much as we do those who are underdeveloped who have come into the adult age, but manhood is still something that eludes them. And I've been noticing more and more that you've got those, that you're giving those insights. And I'm sure that some of it is from experience. Did I get that correct? A lot of it is coming from your own experiences. And of course, a lot of the women that you see in your practice. Yes, I would say from personal experience, um, from family, you know, observing family members, um friends extended networks i mean it's a it's a recurring theme it's a recurring theme that is quite pervasive at this point uh there's a whole a whole generation because i mean i look even in my own um family system and i would say my brother was a late bloomer um he was he was a late bloomer <laughs> luckily you know he he has totally just transformed his life and is a great husband and father. But I, we, I was worried for a long time, you know, because, you know, it, he was a late bloomer. But I look at myself, I'm like, well, I had a lot of dysfunctional patterns, but at least I had a woman to model after. Yeah. You know, he didn't have anybody. Mm -hmm. So he just kind of had to go out into the world and make a probably more mistakes than I had to make. Mm -hmm. Um, in order to decide to go through his rites of passage and, and, and step into his husbandhood, fatherhood, manhood. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's the case for a lot of us when we don't have a healthy, consistent father in the home. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those, those, those boys, you know, and then they mama don't be knowing nothing. Yeah. Because I, I believe that women can usher boys into manhood through being strategic mm -hmm. and intentional mm -hmm. about how she does it and who she includes in her rearing. I don't believe that, I don't believe that a you know, woman can't rear. I believe we, we can do it, mm -hmm. but it takes way more intention mm -hmm. than it does with our girls. Cause with our girls, we just gotta be, yeah. you know, and we ain't really gotta do nothing special, just be. Yeah, we just gotta be and yeah. let them, you know, model and keep them in line. But with our boys, we have to really be strategic if we don't have a consistent, healthy partner alongside the journey with us. Mm -hmm. And these weekends, drop-offs, that ain't co-parenting, y'all. Yeah. That's not co-parenting. Oh, y'all can call it that to make yourself feel good, but that ain't what you're doing. And you need to be honest about that. Yeah. That is not what you're doing. Yeah, yeah if you look at the calendar. Got that thing going on over there, and then you are the parent. Exactly. You are the parent. Exactly. And if you can be honest and sober about that, that will give you the honesty to be able to strategically usher your son into, into manhood. And, you know, when we look at 
men, you know, that's another thing, you know, matter of fact, I just saw something somewhere today where someone was, you know, they were throwing out that usual excuse about, you know, well, black women are more accepted in corporate America, you know, uh, they're more likely to get the job and blah, blah, blah. And of course, this comes from, this is the, the, the speech we hear from males. You know, it's always, it's the black woman's fault. You know, it's our fault that someone decided- For everything. Out. Yeah. For it, everything. Exactly, exactly. So then, you know, it comes to the point where when you have, when you encounter people like this, at what point would you suggest that young women find more suitable mates? Because a lot of times we see this in the beginning, but we go into it thinking we can repair these people. You know, and once people, once a person reaches a certain age, that window for repair is gone, you know. So at what point do you tell the sisters to, we know that you're going to say before they get pregnant, <laughs> but let's say that she's with him all the, and she, and she has, you know, did the, you know, because we've all, a lot of us had did, not all of us, but a lot of us have done it. We've had the baby and continue to excuse the behavior. At what point do you see that we should stop excusing the behavior? I think to take a few steps back from the behavior, I think that women have to define what is a healthy relationship to me? What is a healthy relationship to me? Because a lot of us are so confused about that. He comes home every day. Is that enough for you? You know, he allows me to prepare three meals a day and clean up everything and he's here. Is that enough? You know, so what type of companionship and partnership is acceptable to you? Because that will inform, um, help you evaluate the health of the relationship. Because some of us have been in so many toxic patterns and we feel that marriage or partnership or pictures on Instagram or Facebook, especially these younger millennials, are the end all be all. I mean, I know, speaking of Facebook, I know too many people in extremely dysfunctional relationships where the male is not participating in the household, just doing the bare minimum. It takes a lot to run a household. It does. You know, and I think for me, I, the idea of having an adult child that I did not bear myself mm -hmm. is just unacceptable. I, it, it makes me want to throw up uh, to have an adult male in my home who's not participating with me completely fully, mm -hmm. which is why I had to get up out my, my marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, it's repulsive to yeah. me. Um, so, you know, kind of, the woman has to know what is a healthy relationship. And if she don't know, and if she doesn't have experience with that, then learn, mm -hmm. explore, you know, inquire about what is a healthy relationship and what is a healthy relationship with yourself? Because if you treat yourself of a certain way, it's, it's becomes really difficult for you to tolerate people treating you and handling you any type of way because of the way you treat yourself. If you are doing that thing, what we were talking about earlier, where you're putting everybody before you, you think it's noble to sacrifice, you think it's noble to be on the brink of death in order for other people to be comfortable and work harder than those and all of that, you're, you're setting yourself up 
to uh, partner with an abusive person, an exploitative person, a leech person, a parasitic person that will suck you dry physically, emotionally, spiritually, and they'll be fine. They'll be just living their life. And you're like literally on the brink of death and they don't even notice. They don't even notice. You're just there to serve them. So um, that's what I would say for women because addressing behavior that they don't even know is toxic because maybe they have an experience. It's, it's going to be the conversation will end very quickly mm-hmm. because they will excuse that kind of behavior. You know, I had a conversation with a sister who um, was considering um, was considering hiring a doula, and she was like, "Well, I'm going to do it," you know, because my husband bought a boat and he didn't consult with me about it. Wow. So I won't just get the doula. And and it was like, ultimately, she didn't end up doing it. And she's got all these kids. Mm-hmm. And he's just relaxing. He's playing. He's just relaxing. And he just, oh, I have social anxiety. I, I, I don't think that's what it is. I just, <laughs> oh, I'll buy a boat. <laughs> if, if you'll do it, then and I can relax but what I do know about real men is that they don't like to see their women drowning yes and if they have to hire somebody or if they have to pick up the slack themselves they'll do it and guess what they won't complain about it at all they just do it they will not they don't want you to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and they they derive a sense of accomplishment and feeling good about themselves through your comfort and happiness Mm -hmm. and males only are considered only look to their own happiness and fulfillment and comfort and they don't care if you are on the brink of death they're not going to adjust their behavior in any way to inconvenience themselves for you and they will tell you things like buck up and walk it off and Mm -hmm. my mom my mom uh had three kids and walked eight miles i don't see what what are you complaining about you work 15 hour days and you know you're thinking and you let her do that and that made sense so but you know i was um it's been a little while ago but i remember being on a hike and there was a lot of little girls with us and I, when I say little, some of them were like, you know, in their early teens and stuff. And they, one of them kept talking about wanting a boyfriend, you know, and she was like, you know, once I turn uh, 15, my mom says, then I can, I can entertain a boyfriend. And I was like, I said, I said, when you think about a boyfriend, what would you want from a boyfriend? I said, is this someone who you plan to eventually like marry? And she's like, oh, I've got a whole list of things that I want. And it made me laugh because I remember back when we were coming up, we used to make these lists. You know, he had to be tall and handsome and, you know, and all of these things. But one thing that was always missing was that he had to be someone who would actually make sure that we didn't have to want for anything, that we didn't have to struggle. You know, we never mentioned things like income, that he had to have income. You know, because that wasn't in a lot of black households, contrary to what a lot of the males think, black mothers never emphasized to a lot of us the importance of having men who did their part in the household, who contributed fully to the household, who made sure that you weren't, like you said, drowning. 
you know? So, and you know, when I see women today, a lot of times we'll do more research on purchasing a car or a certain type of hair weave or uh, uh, some type of what is Dooney and Burke or whatever still around, you know, uh, a Louis Vuitton purse. We'll do more research on that than we do the men that we choose. So I'm on this, on that, you know, after saying that, what I, the question I have for you is when you talk to women about the choices that they make in their relationships. And even like I said, when I see you post the insights on Facebook, what is some, you know, since we always veering away from that whole income thing, what would you tell women as far as that goes? What are your expectations? Because I see some who are under the, the notion that, well, as a woman, I should be able to stay home and take care of the children and he goes out to work. You know, you've got that philosophy. Then you got the other philosophy about, you know, I'm fine with working and he can work. But, you know, as the, the man in the house, you know, there's still things that he should be responsible for above and beyond what I'm responsible for. What, do you, what is your insight as far as that goes? I've had the belief for a long time. I haven't always, um, I haven't always engaged with this idea, but I, I've always believed for a long time that I believe that a man's income should make, uh, take care of the bulk of the household. And I say that because this gives the flexibility of the woman to be able to have children and rear them however way, if she homeschool a little bit, send them to school, maybe school not working out, homeschool them again. And guess what? There's no pressure on the family. Um, when you go out and you get a house or you live a lifestyle that requires the two uh, uh, two people to have to work, which doesn't, you know, she's rushing back to maternity. And I mean, and I see that over and over and over again over the past eight years that I've been you know, doing what I do, running back from maternity, you know, leaving her at risk of postpartum depression, mm -hmm. the anxiety, um, feeling um, the weight of the family shouldn't be on the woman. Mm -hmm. uh, she shouldn't have those kinds of stresses and pressures, especially when she needs to breastfeed her babies mm -hmm. and and provide that nurturing that they need so that they can be healthy adults. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's important that they get that before age seven. So I think that it really makes the family more flexible and uh, more economically viable because she can do little side hustles or work when she wants to, or if it makes sense while the kids are school or whatever the case may be, but it just leaves you to be more, way more flexible. Um, and I've believed that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense to live on one income, mm -hmm. even if you have to. Mm -hmm. And I think that for a real man, it brings such a sense of pride mm -hmm. to know, to look at that house and know I'm providing that for my family. Mm -hmm. Now, woman, get your name on the deed, okay? Exactly. Definitely get your name on the deed. Oh, let's just, not okay. I hope, I hope just women is listening. Get your name on the deed, sis. Yeah. But he should be taking care of the mortgage, okay? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to do all the financing of... paperwork, just the deed. 
be on that deed, okay, sis? Get cross your T's and dot your I's. We we'll get right. that business out the way. But as far as the mortgage, he should be taking care of all the bulk of the stuff. Now, I see women should be doing maybe life insurance, vacations, mm-hmm. maybe some groceries, mm-hmm. you know, co-pays for the children's mm-hmm. uh, visits and things like that. Maybe gas, mm-hmm. but all the major utilities and the mortgage, the man should handle. If you got a real man, um. So that's how, that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I tell women, because we have been raised to not look for that, those types of provisions, even being proud. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember talking to one sister and I remember saying like, you know, what this guy who's coming over or what, you know, what is he contributing to your life? And she's like, Oh, well, nothing. And I'm like, well, you should ask him to pay your cell phone bill. Yeah. You know, see where his head is at. But we've been because, told that that's gold digging on the part of black people or black women, black women, everyone else can ask for that, but we can't, you know, that's, that's gold digging. <laughs> well, sis, we're going to have to uh, release that particular belief because it is not serving us as it's not serving us as women. It's not serving our families when we don't even have the lightness and the creativity, the joy to contribute to our to our household because we we're carrying the weight of the family, which we oh, should be doing. We're we're exhausted. Right. Exhausted, you know. Not not only are black women exhausted in as single mothers, but I also call uh, label some of them single wives because they have a husband in the home, but he's not contributing enough to take the pressures off of her. So she's still carrying the bulk of everything. And what makes that even more, uh, I guess, an insult to her is that society sees it as well. He's the leader. He's the head of the household, but he's not leading. You know, basically some women keep up the facade Mm -hmm. and they participate with the lie Mm -hmm. because it looks good on social media, Mm -hmm. knowing good and well, his contribution physically, Mm -hmm. there's nothing more irritating to me than to go to a man's house that's dilapidated on some shit I can fix Mm -hmm. with my tools. And I live in an apartment and I have tools in my shed that I can come over here, but I'm not going to do it because your ass is here. That's if right. she was a single woman, I'd probably, hey, sis, let's have a do-do-do-do and fix this door frame exactly. or fix this whoop-whoop-whoop. Or put the knobs back on the cabinets. Yeah, let me, let me, yeah, let me call a landscaper for you and see what we can do. But if you got a grown man laying up in your bed, I'm not doing it. Exactly, exactly. I'm not doing it. Exactly. And so, you know, some of us are a lost cause and they just need to be released mm-hmm. because you're going to waste your time on them. Mm-hmm. But what you do need to do is connect with women who want more. That's right. That's our coalition right there. Yeah. Because some of them are just, I, I'm not going to waste my time on you. Go on yeah. over there exactly. and do what you do. Lubricate him. Do what you do. Exactly. I'm not about to be bothered that, with you. That semen is good. It's addicting. It's, it's, I'm addicted to it. <laughs> A warm, a warm, a warm body. Yes, yes. A warm body mm-hmm. and the idea that I'm married because yes. me myself, I'm not enough. Exactly. Yeah. So I need to be in a, a relationship all the time to mm-hmm. feel work, to feel like I'm somebody. Mm-hmm. So some of those women, or some, you know, they just you just have to. We just have to let them go. 
Um, but many of our women, they're like, they're curious. And they're like, no, there's something more out there for us. And we have to change the idea that um, we have to change the idea that we're not supposed to expect provisions, uh, that we're not supposed to, because she said, I just, the sister that I was referring to her just now, she said, I just can't ask for anything. I just can't. That's what she said. Where do you I think just can't. that comes from? Because I, said, I hear you, that so often. Where do you think that comes from? I think it comes from a place of you are not a delicate woman. We are treated as a sub-entity of women. We are not treated as regular women, which is why so many people don't come to our aid when we are in physical danger, imminent right. physical danger. And, 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 we, and we have to stop perpetuating that mm -hmm. um, notion mm -hmm. over and over. I'm strong. I'm invincible. I'm a magical superpower entity. I'm a Dora Milaje. I'm a Black Panther yeah. reincarnated. <laughs> I'm Storm. It's not serving us. It's not serving us if our boys see the downtrodden, because you and I are our dark skin, dark brown, mm -hmm. phenotypically African woman mm -hmm. with with full textured hair, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we don't allow our sons to see us beautiful and mad and floating around, mm -hmm. and so he can have an idea of I'm going to provide for somebody like that one day. Exactly. You know. And instead of that, they just see the sick and tired, complaining, upset, because guess what? You've been carrying the weight of the family, right? Right. You've been carrying the weight of the family. Yep. So you just, you, you, you just weight it down. That's right. He's thinking in his head, as soon as I get an opportunity and I make it, I'm getting the lightest, brightest thing exactly. I can get a hold of because they're delicate. Exactly. They're feminine. They, they exactly. deserve care and, and nurturing. And I get to finally be a man. And they don't I look like to, they're I, always snarling and mad and, you know. Yeah, right. I can finally be a man when I get a, a light and bright or white or next to white mm -hmm. female. Mm -hmm. I can finally be a man because if I get with this sister, she going to over, she going to just, she going to just take up my space. Exactly. That's and not allow me to provide for her. So we have to really take back control of our image as so much as we can be a man what was that they love that one she's not gonna let me you didn't let me be a man you never let me be a man <laughs> you know there's it's twofold it it's 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 twofold because we're sometimes we participate with that mm -hmm. because we don't just let him fail yep and that's part know, of letting him sit. be a man We have to learn, oh, it's so many women you can watch that just do it so eloquently. We be saying stuff and we be in control, but we be, I'm not going to say manipulating, but we, we maneuver situations in a way that's going to be conducive to the family. That's right. You know, and we do it in a way that we do it. And so we don't have to be we don't have to mimic men to be powerful. Exactly. When you are authentically yourself as a woman, as a black woman, you have a feminine power. That's you right. need to tap into it mm -hmm. because that's how you get the provisions. <laughs> that's, that's how right. you get things done. That's right. So you have to really move in that energy. That's right. And so it's not, 
the superficial stuff that you see, like the yoni steams and wearing the head wraps and wearing yeah. all this type of stuff. Because all the, a lot of those women, I've seen it, they're, they, they're not getting no provisions yeah. with all of that mumbo. Like they still not really walk, they look the part. Mm-hmm. But they are really not walking in feminine energy because in that, you don't be arguing with no man. You know what to do. Exactly. Step back, you know. Yeah. If he's worth it, he'll, he's going to find you. And if you ask a man to pay your cell phone bill and he's like, he thinks it's outrageous, then now you know where you stand. That's right. Sis, you're not worth $50 to him. Exactly. Are you willing to lay down and open up your legs to a man who would not invest $50 in you? And exactly. No, you're not stop thinking that that's right you're not you you are deserving of care yeah. and so you need to have some levels of seeing what what is this man willing to invest in me before I think about everything you're giving up because right now I'm dating I am dating mm-hmm. and I think to myself if any I've had many of people want to be monogamous with me but I you have to think all the amazing dates I go on mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And all the various forms of stuff coming into me. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you offering, sir, That's that would different. make me give all that up? That's right. And Where's the incentive? I want incentive? you to give me your best and final. Put it on the table. That's right. So that I can evaluate if it's worth me giving up all of the other stuff I have. And exactly. I think that every woman needs to move into that area of knowing that you are the prize. Exactly. You know, Forget about, I know that things are so dysfunctional in our community right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this, ladies, Black ladies, even if you're not willing to date outside your race, keep that to yourself because these males are banking on the fact that you are, you have unrequited love and devotion to them. Uh-huh. And you're willing to endure every level of of, of toxicity, abuse, exploitation, and parasitic behavior because yep. you are not willing to open up your options. Even if you prefer black men and you will only date white men, when they ask you, tell them, I am open to all suitors. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's what you, we need, to re- we need to get on code. We That's need, right. we as brown and dark skinned women, we need to get on code and we need to have these men understand that we have, we are going to choose the best suitor. That's right. So if you want me, my time and my energy, and you know what, ladies, your counsel is very important. Mm-hmm. There's been a many a times where they are, they are problem solving with us, mm-hmm. pillow talk, talk over food. And, and a lot of times our ideas and encouragement helps them make a lot of money. Yes, it so, does. You and need to understand, ladies. It, they stop making it. Yes. So, ladies, you need to understand that your conversation is million dollar. That's okay? right. We are so valuable. You don't need to. You don't need physical things. You need to be authentically yourself. Mm-hmm. Be be yourself exactly. because you yourself being is so valuable. That's right. Your conversation, your time. You have pheromones That's right. that you emit that they get high on. That's right. Even to sit next to me should cost something. Exactly. I mean, to every, investing every man, something I to, always say to every, smell me. Every man I've ever had a relationship with, when it ended, they lost an asset. That's the way I look at it. They lost an asset. 
you know, and I just go on and I just carry on. But a lot of times with our, you know, with our women, we do have to realize that while, while men pursue, and I've said that in a previous episode of mine, while men pursue, we set the pace. And sometimes yes. we, just, and you know, we get to decide if there's not going to be any pace set, but we have to be the True. ones that take charge of that because we have to realize that we are valuable. Like you said, we are the ones most times behind the scenes, even when, when you look at people like Marcus Garvey back in the day and Malcolm X, and they had women behind them that were whispering in their ears, that were giving them their, their, their agendas and their next steps and stuff. And we see that the men are celebrated for it, but rarely is that woman pull. Even Nelson Mandela, his wife, Winnie, was the force, was the driving force behind him. But we have this thing where we only want to say, good job, you know, high five them. You know, it's like, it's almost like a playground thing, you know, to make them feel better about themselves. Like, yeah, I'm the man, puff out my chest. You know, everybody's giving me these accolades, but it's that woman behind the scenes who has had everything working. I see that even in businesses where husband and wives are working together, she's usually the one who's doing a lot of the complex work behind the scene, you know? And that's not even to belittle his strengths and stuff, but most of them will happily hand it over to her to do. And that's, and I think that that's, that's a part that we have to learn because smart men know that. And it's a social status thing too. Mm-hmm. It's a social status thing too. You know, it raises their social status to have the family structure. And so that also is something that we have to take into account because when you know down to the down to every little molecule of your being how valuable you are and really something that resonates with you that that you can have a knowingness that I am then once you go out and you start to interface, mm-hmm. you do so with a totally different energy. Mm-hmm. You do so with a total different energy. So, you know, that was something that I really had to realize. And, you know, some uh, um, one instant that helped me um, realize how valuable that particular aspect, just the counsel and talking through things was so important to men. You know, there was this guy who I was dating. I think we had gone out on two dates by that point and had a few phone conversations and he was, he was buying another house and a really nice house. I guess he wanted to impress me, but I really just was like, "Hmm, okay, how many men do I know with nice houses, bro? You know, okay. Um, Sending me pictures, really wanting me to be involved with this real estate process. And my thing is this, bro, unless I'm on the deed, I'm not getting involved with this transaction. And so I, just kind of have to say good luck and kind of shift towards something else that's more that's more and a level of where we are having had two dates and having had a few conversations yeah. so i shouldn't be involved with your real estate transaction so that's we where are not there. right there the fact that you're trying to reel me in that quickly after a couple of dates yeah red flag yeah it was just so important to him that i give some feedback on this and for me, I'm like, well, that kind of feedback is quite expensive. Yes. And the investment level to this point doesn't commensurate that level of, of feedback from me. Mm-hmm. So I, good luck. I hope all goes well, but I'm just not going to do it, bro. Yes. And I was like, you know what? This guy's really thirsty for like 
me to be involved like okay okay and like i could have totally mastermind that whole situation mm -hmm. but we ha we as women we have to recognize what is it that they're seeking from us right. and how can we dole it out mm -hmm. ration it out in a way that's beneficial for us that's right everybody can win but they shouldn't be the only ones winning that's right we should be looking for investment in in us and our children in our household in our businesses we should be looking for investment Mm -hmm. um i remember years ago this guy hit me up saying he wanted to just you know chit chat about birth and this and that. i sent him an invoice yeah yeah <laughs> bro are you kidding me i don't know you from adam exactly and you think that it would be my honor to go and give you my information that i've paid how much money to fly here get this certification fly there to get that certification been through the woke up in the middle of the night driving whoop, whoop, around this town to do my job and you want me to just sit down and you think i should be honored to do bro here you pay it's me only to hear him regurgitating it as an expert you gonna pay else. me and that's just what it is i mean i didn't have all the but i knew then you gonna have to pay me sir so, and um he flaked off and that's fine i don't feel no ways about it but women we have to really own that we have to know what it is that we offer and be able to negotiate our love lives because i know it took me a while to to really um understand but i had been taught by an elder that one of the biggest downfalls that we have as black women is being hooked up in the wrong romantic relationship mm -hmm. economic mm -hmm. um misfortune um health uh, hazards um mental health uh yeah. the toll that it takes us on mental health um and the toll that it takes on the children that are born out of these dysfunctional relationships mm -hmm. and i intellectually understood that but i understand that now having gone through more and and have a little bit more life under my belt exactly. <laughs> i understand that to be so true yes that is the really the paramount of uh, decision that we we can make as black women is who we choose to partner with and bring children into the world. Mm -hmm. It is so important that we don't go through this in a willy nilly nature mm -hmm. and that we be very strategic um, and be very clear about what it is that we're trying to build and have some type of job description. You know, um, penis and alive breathing is <laughs> not enough. That's, yeah, that won't do it. Having a job is not enough. Yeah. You need to, what kind of life can this man provide for me exactly. if I'm on maternity leave for one year? That's right. And will he do so um, in a way that brings him personal pride? Exactly. And that usually comes from men who had a good dad or grandpa in their life. I haven't met many, um, a, a few from single parent households for where the woman was the, the provider, but they're usually from those types of men are usually have had a dad that did all that or a mm. grandfather that did all that. Yes. And they really have a personal pride. That's right. And being able to provide that for their, and they, and they make no excuses. None. That's right. That's right. So if you don't know any man like that, if if you if all you know is crying whining males yeah. that 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 are waiting the government this and yeah. the black man that and I I can be lynched, <laughs> then you need to find some healthy man 
mm -hmm. uh, that you can um, uh, interface with his wife or if he's partnered up and go and have dinner with them or or if he had if he puts out um, media content listen to it uh, you need to expose yourself to those kinds of men so that mm -hmm. you can know that it is possible That's that right. those types of men exist That's right. because otherwise we just get discouraged running exactly. after male after male after male and so we just think well let me just take what I can get exactly exactly and I'm discouraging you from that I'm encouraging you to get the best you can get yeah and heal yourself so that when you get the best that you can get you're ready for it you know because I mean it, you know we know that it works both ways you know we've got to be ready as well you know because there are some people who go out there and get the best but they don't know what to do with it you know? true yeah. So, so those are time ways, but yes, I mean the healing part and it's going to take more than, like you said, the whole, you know, doing vaginal steams and, you know, wearing head wraps <laughs> and mud cloth and, you know, it's going to take a whole lot more because it's a process that begins on the inside. And, and speaking of the inside, I want to, cause we're almost at our break point here. I want to, I want to ask you, about your work as far as Root Mama. I remember when it first started, it was Root Mama Maternal uh, Care or Service, one of those, mm -hmm. right? And then now uh, it, with the evolvement, it's Root Mama. So let us know what you're doing, how this has evolved, and where you see yourself going with Root Mama. So where am I? So Root Mama is an Afrocentric wellness company. And we provide uh, maternal care in, in your divine reflection. So we serve mostly black women uh, during the perinatal year doing fertility work, pregnancy support through information, childbirth education, birth plan prepping, helping the clients know what all their birthing options are, helping to guide them to the ones that would be most adequate for them, supporting them through the labor, with breathing techniques and comfort and following up with them after they have their baby for lactation support, postnatal care, and all of that jazz. And I've been doing this now for the past eight years. The main evolution is the time, the wisdom that has been amassed over these years. And um, I started off, I, I, I didn't have a child, so I'm just, I did that for four years or almost four years, not having had a child. And so it's going off of experience and training and then having a child help me relate to contractions and the like on a different level. Yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. So when I see my clients going through contractions, I know exactly what they're feeling. Um, so and, and I think for me as the as the founder and CEO I've really stepped more into a place of being than doing mm -hmm. I don't I don't do as much mm -hmm. I actually was struggling I would say uh maybe end of 2000 probably started at the end of 2018 and persisted through 2019 and it just went kind of back and forth I was really kind of losing my passion mm -hmm. for what I do um I felt a bit resentful mm -hmm. about 
a lot of things. And I think that a lot of women can relate to having mom guilt about various different things, but I would feel kind of away or guilty or I was, I can't explain what I was feeling, but just, you know, dropping my child off and my family members or whatever. And I didn't know when I was coming back mm -hmm. to be with someone else's family. And I was feeling ways about that. And I was just kind of strugg struggling internally. And what shifted for me to help me feel joy in what I do again was attending to my own emotional needs. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize on a personal level how many things were going unaddressed, uh, un un unsaid, mm -hmm. and and it was weighing on me, it was making me feel, I think I was looking for external validation or for external mending of what was happening, but it turns out I was really the best person to do that. Mm -hmm. And I, and I didn't, I addressed those things for personal reasons, but it benefited the way I show up mm -hmm. as founder and CEO. And I felt just like I'm just breezing through the day. I'm just doing this. I'm showing up here. Oh, I've got a call. I'll do it. And it's not not a hurried, rushed, frantic, or you know, I just I move more peacefully and <laughs> <laughs> doing the things that I need to do. And in my being, I've attracted more helpful people to myself. Like I've attracted Nandi. <laughs> <laughs> Nandi's been in my sphere for a while, but Nandi is someone who is just a beautiful soul, a writer. I'm, I'm always a bit intimidated to write because she's such a grammarian. I'm like, I know I'm making a mistake, but here you go, Nandi. But when you make them on purpose, just someone who I respect. That's the, you know, I, I botch it sometimes. I botch it on purpose. <laughs> like, you know, when you have a. It's like, I guess if you have a friend who's like an esthetician, like maybe you would be like, oh God, I have this blemish and she gonna see me. She gonna know I haven't been doing right. And so when you write Nandi a message or email, like just know she's she's an editor. <laughs> but anyway, so I think about all of the amazing people in my life that like I can call if I need something, mm -hmm. get a piece of advice or a word of encouragement. And that to me makes me feel so rich. Mm -hmm. It really does. That's right. That's where our wealth lies in having those support systems. So I need you to tell everyone how they can contact you, Root Mama. So if you would visit my website, Root Mama, R-O-O-T-M-A-M-A dot co, and click on contact us, and that will send a message right to me. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for being here with me. I know you also have an upcoming YouTube channel that you're working out. Will they be able to, are, I'm sure you're going to put it on your Facebook page, but will there be any resources or links or whatever on the uh, Root Mama website so that they can uh, tune in to, to that? I don't think so, but if you, I believe that you can already subscribe to the channel, even though there isn't any content posted at this point. So if you're interested in more topics on Black women dating, um, healing childhood traumas, um, raising children, and 
those kinds of things. I'll be talking about that on the Afrocentric woman and that's going to be on YouTube. So if you search for the Afrocentric woman, um, that's where you can get that content. Is Afrocentric hyphenated one word, two words? One word. Okay. One word. So the Afrocentric woman, y'all heard that, right? And you can also find her at rootmama.co. You know, I like that. You just took that move. I've been thinking about my, uh, you know, whether I wanted to use like a dot co or a dot live or something. And then here you go, just going ahead and taking that leap or whatever. But, you know, that's what I expect. And I love seeing that coming from all you guys. Like I said, I'm, I know that when we leave here with some of you that's coming up behind us, we're going to be okay because a lot of you are going to continue and, and, and like I always tell my daughter, because uh, she asked me one day, she said, when I, when I take over your business, because there's one of my businesses she'll be taking over, she said, uh, is it going to be okay if I do it better than you did it? I said, once you've learned the prescription for doing it and you can find better ways to do it, that's exactly what I expect you to do. I expect you to do a better job than I've done because you've had you started out earlier than I did. You know, when I, by, by the time I reached a lot of these points, I had already started to age into adulthood. You know, here you are just freshly coming out of the gate. So yes, I fully expect you to exceed what I've done. And that's what my expectation is from people like you and other sisters and brothers who are coming behind us. I expect them to exceed whatever it is that we started. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being here with me today. This is, this is just as much an honor for me, you know, and the kudos you gave me, all that stuff. I'm, I'm so honored to have you here as my, what, second interview. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, sis. All right. My best to you. You've just listened to the Code Name Sister podcast with Nandi.